Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. You're listening to WIS Business, the podcast, Wisconsin's business news source. Now, here's your host. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for WIS Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Chesmore. He's the co-founder and scientific director of Agulos Biotech. Nathan, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. How's it going? Good, good. So uh, first off, can you just give a brief overview of Agulos Biotech, and then we can get into some more of the details here? Sure. So Agulos Biotech is a company that was founded in a joint partnership with Johnsonville. Um, so I was a grad student at the time at uh, UW-Madison, and they were looking for ways to use their uh, waste products, essentially. And so, for example, we produce for them a, a blood product uh, that is isolated from whole porcine blood, so pig blood. And uh, they typically pay to remove the blood um, that comes off of their abattoir line. And so... We had an extensive history of isolating products from animal blood. So my, my partner, or both my partners, um, have more than 20 years experience, probably each, um, in producing bovine thrombin. Um, so they, there's the company they have out in Utah uh, where they isolate uh, prothrombin and then convert to thrombin. Can you explain um, they, briefly what that is for our listeners who might sorry. not be familiar? Uh, uh, so thrombin is a, a coagulation. Uh, drug that's used in surgery. And so John, my, one of my business partners, um, Jonathan, his father actually started a, a company out in Milton that was eventually sold to uh, Jones Medical and then King and then Pfizer. Um, so essentially they're, they're making a product that you can spray on wounds in surgery to immediately clot the blood. Um, there's a demonstration where they do is they add a little bit of thrombin to a, uh, a vial of blood and they almost instantaneously turn it upside down in a solid. And so it's a, wow. it's a neat trick. <laughs> Um, and so a lot of the tricks that are, uh, needed to produce, uh, products from serum or plasma at that scale, we're very familiar with. And so there was a opportunity that we knew of to produce a platelet-rich plasma, um, product that we eventually would convert to serum. So plasma is the liquid component of blood. When you receive whole blood from an animal and then you remove the red blood cells, uh, you have plasma, which contains coagulation factors. And then when you coagulate plasma, you're left with serum. Um, and that is a very common additive for scientists and other biotechnology companies for growing cells. Um, and by and large, what these companies use is something called fetal bovine serum. And fetal bovine serum is a growth factor rich uh, serum product isolated from fetuses uh, that are discovered on the slaughter line in. Uh, beef processing facilities. And it's, it's so it's our main co uh, competitor in, in this space. And it's something that is sort of the incumbent product that everybody would like to get away from. It's something, and it's, it's, it's incredibly unique because it's a, a product that you can't intentionally produce. So mm. you can actually send uh, pregnant cows intentionally to the slaughter line. Okay. And so it's something that you can only produce as coincidence um, and so that, that leads to 
certain problems with supply and pricing. So uh, there, there will be times where people will not be able to get any FBS for their experiments or for their uh, biotechnology production processes where they need to grow cells to produce a product. For example, um, a lot of fetal bovine serum is used to produce antibodies um, right. or to grow the cells that produce antibodies. And they're used in antibody testing kits or other uh, medical products that use antibodies. And companies have to buy huge volumes of FBS ahead of time. There's, a, there's an advantage here where there are some scientists in the 1980s who found out that you could concentrate blood platelets and platelets are a, uh, a blood cell that does not have a nucleus that are involved in the coagulation uh, pathway. And they, they're highly sensitive to uh, thrombin and uh, calcium, ADP, and contact with collagen. Essentially, the things that you would come into, uh, these cells would come in contact with at the site of injury. And so when these blood cells uh, get to a site of injury, they uh, group together and they, they stick to that site. And they also uh, start to release uh, growth factors. And the, the reason why is because there needs to be cell proliferation for healing. And so it makes perfect sense that where you need coagulation, you'd also need high concentrations of growth factors because suddenly cells need to grow <clears throat> to cover that area um, or to make new blood cells, or sorry, blood vessels to uh, supply surrounding tissue. And so they, they essentially figured that what we'll do is we'll concentrate blood platelets and we'll break them open to get all their growth factors. And then we can use that to grow cells instead of fetal bovine serum. Okay. And so we, and this has been going on for um, probably 30 years um, at, at the commercial scale um, or, or at least laboratory scale. Commercial scale, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, but there are already human products of uh, platelysate. Um, and the problem there is that they are, they're extremely expensive because they use human material. And when Johnson was looking for a product from their waste stream, uh, since they were just paying to remove their blood. It's something that uh, we had an idea that might be very useful for them. And so we pitched the idea of collecting their blood and working with them to produce a platelet-rich plasma, and then essentially convert it to a serum product that could be used for other people's media. So we're a biotechnology company that sells a esoteric science product to other biotechnology companies. Gotcha. Okay, that, uh, that does make sense. I appreciate the uh, in-depth explanation there. And then, so essentially that product that you produce using their essentially waste is then used in the somewhat the healthcare industry, right? Not the direct care, but producing yes. products that are used in healthcare. So I'm curious about the, I guess, current stage and outlook for the company. I understand that you and your fellow co-founders launched it in 2017, and you mentioned the connection with Johnsonville. What does the road ahead look like? Can you give kind of a snapshot of where the company's at now in terms of sure. growth, customers, employees, and things like that, and then where you'd like to see it in the next few years? Yep. So currently, we've just started uh, basically selling a serum product, um, and we, we, we definitely want to stick to a serum product that people can use um, for as long as we're around. And... Um, that's, it's, it's, it's a product that is much cheaper than FBS and it 
typically customers can use much less and it causes sales to grow faster. And it's for about as wide a variety uh, of sell lines that, uh, that you would find FBS works for. Um, and currently we're in, the, we're in the process of ramping up uh, our customer base. So we're sending out free samples to everybody. And typically there is a, especially for industrial customers, there's a long turnaround time because they need to make sure that uh, our product will work at scale for them. Um, and it's just uh, a matter of them being so used to dealing with uh, the problems of fetal bovine serum that there's not lot to lot consistency. They have to test uh, a certain lot and they would probably still like to order from a particular lot. But the nice thing about platelet is because you can titrate uh, the concentration of platelets, there's the uh, potential to make a highly consistent product. And there's some testing you can do as well to make sure that it's not contaminated um, with bacteria, fungi, or viruses. And um, this is typically um, this is typically done for serum products. And there's a, a set list of tests that are done for the uh, Code of Federal Regulations. And so we have a serum product that we're ramping up. But what we would like to do is move on to serum-free and animal-free formulations in the future. Um, so we can sell those alongside for customers who require those sorts of formulations. And so uh, we'd like to isolate these specific growth factors to use in serum-free media, which uh, for regulatory reasons, uh, people tend to like uh, because sure. there's not as much of a risk for viral contamination um, and other variability that comes from having all the other components that are present in animal serum. And then uh, we're, we're we're getting pretty close to having a product that can uh, uh, replicate all of the performance of serum, but without having the other components from serum that aren't the growth factors. And so we'll essentially be selling a, a growth factor rich cocktail that gets added to uh, basal media for growing these cell lines. And then uh, for the animal free formulation, eventually we wanna to get to the point where we have these, we identify, and since we're doing the serum free formulation right now, we're quite close, identify what proteins are necessary to produce in a, in a recombinant setting, meaning that you're going to grow cells, uh, something like Chinese hamster ovary cells, you will know which growth factors to produce specifically. And due to the peculiarity of the process that we come up with, we're able to isolate uh, growth factors in a, in a much cheaper way um, than other people would because they would grow them one at a time and isolate them each through separate schemes. And what we've come up with, essentially you can isolate them all at once. And so it vastly reduces the cost. And so essentially across the board, we're, we're looking at uh, exceeding the growth rate of FBS for a very wide variety of cell lines um, while being probably vastly cheaper. So the one thing to consider that can't be understated is that uh, we use adult uh, whole blood uh, for the start, starting process. Um, and that is substantially probably, you know, up to 100 times cheaper than the raw material cost of FBS. Oh, wow. And so um, considering that's practically a fixed cost, uh, it's, it's eventually FBS just won't be able to compete. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great advantage to have. I see. Yeah, certainly. That, that makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, best of luck with that continued growth. Um, sounds like your, uh, the products that you're getting out there have some 
distinct advantages and really interesting to hear about some of the science behind all that. Thank you. You've been listening to Wisp Business, the podcast. Now stay tuned for a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WIS Politics and WIS Business Podcasts. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.